Gentlemen, welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. We are glad that you are with us as we get started. A friendly reminder that nothing we say here is meant to be perceived as the official statement of doctrine or belief of any particular school, church, or calling body. We are not affiliated with any particular school, church, or calling body, and that everything we say here is simply the belief or opinion of the man who states it and nothing more. Let's get started with the show. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. <coughs> All right, J.D. Olhorn, welcome to the den, man, the Gird Up Den. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is the first time you've been here, right? Yes. All right, well, welcome. Glad to have yeah. you here, man. Thanks. So who, who is J.D. Olhorn, man? Tell us who you are. Ooh, well, uh, big question right off the bat, huh? Uh, born and raised, Phoenix, Arizona, so yeah, definitely not Midwestern, but slowly becoming more and more Midwestern every bit, Ah. Uh, close to a decade now that I've been up here. Um, but yeah, uh, enjoyed living down there, you know, going to high school there, getting to play sports, spending a lot of time outside, even in the summers, you know, to the point where like mom would <laughs> call me back in. She's like, okay, maybe not in the middle of the day because <laughs> it gets pretty intense. But yeah, so shaped by that a little bit, uh, shaped by family, obviously. Um, yeah, love for sports, love for God's word, which I know, yeah, we'll get a chance to to talk about and, you know, the whole ministry path and everything there. But I don't know, in a lot of ways, just your regular guy. Yeah. You know, sports, music, God. I love it. I like that. People sports, person. music, God. Sports, music, God, and people. <laughs> I like that yep. a lot. Not so necessarily what... in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but... It depends on the day, right? <laughs> Okay, sorry, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> no, no, you're good. <laughs> okay, uh, so good. What, what are you doing right now? What's your ministry right now? Okay, so yeah, right now, here in New Ulm, right on the hill, back on the hill, Martin Luther College and being one privilege to be one of the tutors uh, there. So, and people ask me that all the time. Because even if I were to say tutor, right, they want me to break it down a little bit. Yeah. So, and usually I, I give them five things. So here's what I am. Dorm supervisor teacher, coach, chapel and worship guy, and then just campus life activities. There you and go. underline all of that is a mentor and an encourager right. for the students. Yeah. So yeah. you want to flesh out, like, what, what, well, how does that look on a day-to-day basis? Like, what are your sure. responsibilities at the college? Yeah. Well, for, first of all, um, my schedule is completely flipped. So, you know, it, it turns into staying up much later at night. And maybe getting a little bit more sleep on the other end, you know, sleeping in a little bit, uh, just kind of adjust with that. Uh, I suppose you got to be awake when the the students are awake. Yeah, yeah. Comes with living in a dorm again, you know, that way. (laughs) So that's a change. And then, you know, some of the morning hours, that's real prep. You know, I kind of take things a little bit slow at the pace there and uh, gather materials and respond to a bunch of emails (laughs) because a lot of emails flood in. Um, But, you know, you go from there. And then classes in the afternoon, 
I might step into practice pretty shortly after that and come back, you know, get dinner, evening chapel, and then, well, there's a ton of events going on. And I like to be present, right? Because that's one of the things, yeah. uh, ministry of presence. Yeah. I think that becomes huge uh, just in this role. I like so. that idea. Ministry of presence. Yeah. That's a big deal. It is. That's a good way to put it, too. Um, it's not like being, it's not necessarily being, getting your hands in everything all the time, um, but being around and being present. I like that a lot. Right. I like that a lot. Good. So you are a pastor. Yes, correct. So you are just recently ordained. Right? Yeah, almost two months ago. All right. Yep. And this is your first call here, as mm-hmm. it is for most tutors. Yeah. Um, not, not necessarily a rule, but it is for most tutors. Right, right. Um, so you just finished up Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary. Um, where did you do your vicar year? Yeah, vicar year. So... Had the four years at MLC, you know, Minnesota, and then go over to SEM, get to Mequon. Vicar year, you know, you you get your first taste of call day, really. I mean, you've seen it, and you see it for your friends, and that's exciting, and it's and it's fun, you know, to be there, be a part of all that. Um, but then when it comes around and you're gearing up for vicar year, you know, it's your first, yeah, shot at that. Not that you have any control, really, <laughs> really, when that comes, but... You know, it's going to yeah affect you and your life pretty deeply. So you get there. And then uh, with me having a last name so, you know, far back. Oh, yeah. and, well, you know, Ingemach, you yeah. know how it is. We just share that. <laughs> All so. the way back there. At least we're not a W. <clears throat> W's really have it right. rough, man. I know. W's and Z's. <laughs> Glad I'm not a W or a Z. <laughs> right. Amen to that. <laughs> you just sit there and listen to all the names read. Yep. And you're just sweating. Like, yeah. Because, you know, they tell you ahead of time, like, if it's, um, for teacher call day, like there's a chance that you don't get a call, right? And for most people do, um, but they'll you know, sometimes either they just don't have the right fit, or you know mm-hmm. things didn't quite work out, and you're in in favor of your you starting your ministry at that point, right? And so right. Um, they they tell you ahead of time whether or not you're getting a call, but you have no idea where it is, yeah. you have no idea what to expect, you don't mm-hmm. know anything like you're <laughs> you're just yeah. sitting there sweating and then you see like all your friends getting calls and there's always a couple that you're kind of like whether or not you're actually advocating for yourself to get that, that call you know like there's a couple that you can you know are out there and you're mm-hmm. thinking about them you know and uh you know you, some of those start going away and it's just it's such a bizarre cool experience yeah. it's a legitimate like putting my it's a humility thing for sure Putting my whole life in the hands of God and a room full of gentlemen who, who have the wisdom to, to do what's best. Right. No, it is surreal. And that's exactly how it went. And I see my friends and we start to get, you know, spread all over the nation. And so it's coming down and, you know, my head's spinning a little <laughs> bit. It's just, yeah, it's surreal. So I got there and then I hear resurrection, right? Because they'll say congregation name first. And then Verona, Wisconsin. And that wasn't even on my radar, really. Yeah. Like at all. And I didn't know that much about it. And uh, But after, you know, that wrapped up, things wrapped up pretty quickly after that. And as I'm stepping out, there's a guy who comes right along the side of me. And that's the pastor that I'm going to be working <laughs> with. <laughs> because being close enough, yeah. he was actually able to be there. And so I met him right on the spot. And I'm trying to remember, you know, what exactly did he say to me in that moment? Because it was pretty memorable. You know, he says, do you love Jesus? Do you love God's word? Do you love the people for whom Jesus died? Like it was three rapid fire questions, just like that, right away. 
right off the bat and I got to respond to all those obviously clear and resounding <laughs> yes and then and then we were off yeah. <laughs> it was like here we go that's awesome. this is really gonna yeah get started and so so Verona but really that's how it was read but it turns out that there's two because it's Verona and Monroe uh-huh. and we're working in a multi-site congregation so it is just the one congregation but it's in two spots yeah yeah so I ended up living just outside of Madison and then and that's you know Verona is real close there so church is three minutes to get to Verona campus mm-hmm. but it's 40 minutes to get all the way down to Monroe yeah yeah and fantastic year like with you know getting that call and then hearing Wisconsin and then you know not really knowing much about it and then it, it I'd say it took me two weeks and after two weeks I was like this is exactly where I need to be and obviously yeah God knows exactly what he's doing and I was so like content I didn't have obviously didn't have everything figured out but so content and so happy to be right there awesome so what what uh, what made you say that what about this situation made you say that sure well it's the uniqueness of the congregation I'd say uh, they're very welcoming. They're not new to vicars at all, right? They've had a long stretch of them. And so they bring you in right away. And just, uh, I think it's still very much a mission-minded congregation, which is really cool and really refreshing to find right here in the heartland or right in Wisconsin. Um, because, you know, everything, the building, you know, basically got started at the turn of the millennium. You know, it's like 20 okay, years yeah, yeah, in yeah. now. And so, you know, it's still kind of relatively fresh and they've got a huge opportunity because Madison, you know, that brings people from all over and people will be, you know, all outside of the city and work then inside of it. So huge field and just a welcoming congregation, even the way the building is structured is meant to encourage, just accentuate, you know, those kinds of gifts. And it really does come through. It came through to me right away. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Any big time memories that just stick out as like a moment so you're like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Just over Vicar Year? Yeah, well, or anything. Or just yeah, anything. Anywhere. Well, let me share one from Vicar Year at least. Here's what I would say to, you know, anyone who asked me what's what was the biggest thing over over Vicar Year. So permit me a little story here. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. All man. right. So it is early. You know, it's early in that uh, part of the year. Arrived at the very beginning of August. So, you know, just a couple months in, and it's October, and it's, uh, yeah, getting towards the weekend. It's probably a Friday. I think it's a Friday night. And I get word from Pastor, and he says that uh, Josh has been in a really rough accident. Now, understand, okay, so Josh is a guy who is, at that time, you know, he's just a couple years older uh, than me. I think he's about the age that you are right now. And, uh, and yeah, it was late at night and got into an accident that roughed him up, you know, pretty good. And so I heard about it and I got to go in, you know, during the weekend. And it's tough because I had only started, you know, just a little bit to get to know him, get a little bit close with him. Then this happens and you step into the hospital room and he just, you know, doesn't look like himself at all. Mm. And it's tough. That's tough, mm. you know, to step in there. Um, you know, he can only react so much. He can only say so much at that point. Mm. I mean, a lot of things were up in the air. There were a lot of questions surrounding 
that entire thing. Um, but yeah, so to be there, right? Ministry of Presence, we talked about that a yeah. little bit. But then all of a sudden I was doing that right away. And that would continue for a long time because, yeah, it just took a long time to get him back on his feet. And thankfully, I mean, he did. And uh, as all of this is happening, uh, he's expecting a child. Oh. Yeah. So on top of that, right? And so for a moment, like not just the family, but even a family that hasn't quite yet fully been, you know, realized. Yeah is banking on this and they weren't quite sure right if he was actually gonna come out on the other side of this just really over that initial weekend and then things started to to really go you know trend upwards which was amazing blessing so yeah that whole road to recovery and then spending time getting into the hospital every so often you know just to spend time and visit give devotions uh and obviously that's where i really got close with them Mm-hmm. So as we got to the end and as he was, you know, starting to entertain even the idea of stepping back into church, you know, crutches and all. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, pulls me aside during one of the visits and he says, would you baptize my child? Oh, man, that's <laughs> cool. Yeah. And that took, I was just kind of taken aback a little bit, but I was like, well, of course, you know, that would be yeah. a huge privilege. Yeah, so glad to do that. So we had that set up. And then it was, yeah, December. December 15th, 2018. Jacob Robert Kate uh, got to baptize him. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, which was just incredible. Yeah. So did Pastor send you in that room all by yourself or did Pastor come with you? Well, that first time? No, I was, yeah, I was just going. Right and solo. So, yeah. Yep. That's, that's pretty intense two weeks in. <laughs> it is. Two months in. Two months in. Okay. Two months in. It was about October. Yeah. Still pretty intense. I agree. That's awesome, man. Do you still stay connected with that congregation at all? Yeah. Yeah. That's what's really neat, too. So even beyond just that story, and I kind of you know hinted at it a little bit, but there's definitely some lifelong friends there. Uh, People who took me under their wing. People who were there faithfully during the Thursday night Bible studies. Like, that was Vicar's thing. Mm -hmm. My pastor said, hey, here you go. Uh, take this, run with it. You get to pick the book. You're gonna put together the materials, and like this is your this is your class. And I really enjoyed that. And that was one of my favorite things, like structured, you know, expected things that happened over Vicar Year. That was probably my favorite um, because it was a small group, and so it was close knit. You get those real vulnerable conversations, but you know you're getting to know each other over a course. And and even as the seasons change, like. You know, some people are constant, but then sometimes you'll get new families or just new individuals that will come in and all of a sudden they get plugged into the group and it's cool to see how the family of believers like continues to mesh yeah. and, and get together and they're strengthening one another and it's obviously getting and strengthening you as well, even though you're the one that is supposedly, right, you're leading them through the material, but really, wow, that's just a yeah. Yeah, testament to believers strengthening one another and digging into the word and getting the chance to talk about life there yeah. in that setting i even dig it man right within church that's awesome it gives me pumped yeah, yeah. It gives me excited it gives me a little refresher <laughs> why i'm here and do what i'm doing right you know? right cool very cool so um obviously you got at some point you got to make a decision like hey i'm gonna be a pastor so yep. what uh what led jd olhorn to make that decision there? sure yeah well i don't think it's the traditional route if there is a traditional route um, 
you know, some prep schools. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, some guys, you know, talk about that. They're like, oh, since I was little, you know, this is, this is where it's at. I don't feel that way. Really. I don't think I ever did. Um, you know, just going through high school and being a typical high school and really not thinking that much about it. You know, you're kind of consumed in the, the here and now and just your daily activities and yeah. the friends that you have right there, you know, and at that point, like college just seems so distant, Ah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and so it didn't really come until the end of high school. And there were MLC recruiters, you know, that would come out, come down to Arizona and just you know, get their foot in the door. I got a chance to meet with them. So at least it was introduced to me then. But honestly, I really, it came through the campus pastor. So Pastor Bodie, uh, he was the one who kind of nudged me and said, hey, I think you'd actually really enjoy this. I think you'd have some gifts, right, that could be utilized if you take that route. So, you know, it kind of got in my head a little bit. And as I started to look for colleges, I had a couple just criteria. I was thinking, I don't want to get lost in just a giant college. Mm -hmm. And I felt like Arizona, that was all that they had to give. (laughs) You got your ASU and U of A and even NAU. And it's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And I, you know, kind of lost that sea feeling. And that wasn't really, at least in my mind, it wasn't for me. So I was already looking outside. I was like, a smaller college, that'd be nice. A Christian college even, you know, mm-hmm. didn't have to be necessarily, but obviously, you know, I tend to, you know, look that way. I even like Pacific Christian, because I had the whole idea of like, oh, I think the Northwest is pretty cool. I still think the Northwest is cool. Uh, you know, but that was like there in Washington. I'm like, oh, hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> trying to navigate, trying to figure things out that way. Um, you know, there's a potential, could I continue playing basketball somewhere again it would have to be a smaller school um but beyond that i started to look for majors i started to look at you know what different routes could i go down and everything i looked into i didn't feel like a huge spark of passion you know i didn't feel like Mm. oh that's really you know this is something i want to get after um so that kept kind of you know didn't get checked off the list didn't get checked off the list uh, but I came back, you know, to the recruiting, to it. Pastor Bodie was encouraging me and seeing, like, teachers and coaches just on that high school level. And so, yeah, it became slowly but surely. It was, like, revealed to me over time uh, just to say, hey, uh, what better? What better thing to do, right, than to get into God's Word yourself, but to do that with the express purpose of let's bring that to others. Uh, let's impact other people's lives just through ministry and so yeah and all of a sudden it clicked and it was halfway through my senior year and I, and I told mom I was like mom I, I think I want to go let's go I would like to go up to Minnesota and props to her like she's been extremely supportive throughout the entire journey and so yeah I forged ahead and I came in with a mindset and I said pastor track or bust Either I'm going to do this or I'm going to have to go find something else, you know? That's awesome. That's how it was. Long-haired JD had some drive. That's right. (laughs) I know. And then, yeah, it wasn't until halfway through freshman year here at MLC that I actually (laughs) took that out. Yeah, that's all right. right. We all had had some long-haired days, man. (laughs) All had some long-haired days. So you talk about your mom a little bit. Yeah. Uh, So what does your family look like? Sure. So to that... Again, kind of non-traditional, I'd say. Really, 
my immediate family, that is pretty small. And, uh, you know, you get extended, and then that's when the last name kicks in and everyone plays the Wells, you know, <laughs> name game with me. Uh, and that makes sense. And so usually, you know, things are mistaken, like, oh, you know, this must be your relative. And yes, they are my relative, but it's a little bit more distant, you know, not as close as they would imagine. So, yeah, immediate family growing up, like, honestly, just mom and me, you know. Uh, yeah, dad, I mean, I really don't have any memories, you know, that way, because I was probably two, two or three. Uh, and, you know, and he left. And so at that point on, and it's so it's interesting, right? Because when people you know, learn that about me and then, you know, then sometimes, you know, they're, they're caught off guard or sometimes they're a little apologetic. And, and really, I, I just tell them to relax because, <laughs> you know, like this is all I've known. To me, it's very normal. To me, it's that was how it was growing up. And so I don't have, you know, there are some families and, and my heart goes out to say if it's those guys, just heart goes out to guys that, you know, have this situation, but it's a little bit different because they actually remember a time when dad was around, whether that be, you know, like an abandonment type of thing or just death, you know, whatever it might be, um, you know, like that's tough. And there's a lot more, you know, going on with that than necessarily there is with me. So, yeah, unique in that way. So mom and I very close, very tight, uh, just growing up, and and it became kind of women supported, really, <laughs> throughout my life because, I mean, grandpa, yeah, grandpa was there, but I was eight years old when grandpa passed, you know, back in the winter of two thousand one, and so from that moment it was like, well, now grandpa's gone too, but grandma and mom, you know, like stalwarts. Mm. Uh, in terms of Christian faith, in terms of shaping and molding me and having, you know, the time to spend. I am grateful for the time that I have to spend with them and how much they put in uh, just with me on that end. And so in that way, you know, then I like to make the little biblical comparison to Timothy. I'm talking about mother and grandmother, and I'm like, I, I get that. I get that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So like, when you say really supportive, what do you like? What, what does that look like? Well, I mean, honestly, it looks like more than I even recognized or imagined. You know, again, because it was normal for me, and so I probably didn't even recognize everything that my mom did, especially when I was young. You know, just to, just to keep things going, just to put so much towards my schooling, towards my success, having involvement in sports, getting together with neighborhood kids. I mean, you know, you name it. Any of the little mm -hmm. things that we all might take for granted just from our childhoods uh, is mom being there and being so strong and resilient, you know, not in an overbearing way at all, because I think, and really, I mean, you don't have to take my word for it. I, <laughs> I, this is pulled from friends, from the people that know my mom, like how bubbly she is and sure, very kind and in my opinion, extremely generous. You know, not just to me, with me, or family, um, but that just kind of exudes, you know, from her. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah, like while you were talking, that's that's all I was thinking about was Lois and Eunice, man. <laughs> like that's exactly sure. what that sounds sure. like. I love it. I right. dig it. And the fact that right. you're a young pastor now too, like yeah. that just yeah, man. I know. The only way this could be cooler is if they actually had named you Timothy. That'd be like some real <laughs> some real prophecy uh -huh. stuff right. there. Yeah. You know, that's cool. Good. 
Very cool. <laughs> so grandma lives close too. So yeah, yeah, like cousins and stuff around or right. Yeah, and grandma's always been close. And what's interesting is she was 15 minutes away. You know, so yeah, easy, uh, and a lot quicker than getting to high school even. You know, from where I was at. Uh, but grandma's always been close. And actually, there was a time, and you know, it was it was several years after grandpa had died. But mom and I went and we moved in with grandma. So then it was really, you know, then it's, yeah, me, mom, and grandma at her house, which was, the house wasn't bigger, but the backyard was bigger. Okay. So all of a sudden there was a lot of space. And, like, that's where I have a lot of memories from it really late grade school and then all the way through high school, uh, just having that dynamic going on. So, yeah, so really close in that way. And cousins back home, yep. Uh, aunt and uncle there so you know all within i'd say yeah less than an hour yeah so how does that like shape you as a young man like you talked about how you didn't really know anything else but like how does it what's the impact like that on a a dude growing (laughs) up i'm still yeah trying to wrap my mind around that or you know in self-reflective kind of ways picturing through that so it's not just a you know like a single parent family sure but i have family close by only child you know, which again is another, I think, different, especially mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, the MLC lifestyle. You know, a lot of people have a brother and sister everywhere, or maybe, you know, it's a ministry family that's all the way stretched out. It's like, no, I have to say, no, my dad's not a pastor, you know, oh, my mom's not a teacher. You know, this is, in a way, it's a first generation, though I do have, again, like extended family, certainly in ministry. Um, but, yeah, that immediate, you know, just being in Arizona, it's stepping outside of comfort zones, I think, you know, because, again, leaving family, leaving the close-knit family, you know, many states away, being an only child, and then, you know, as I mentioned before, right, not really looking for giant college experience, but no matter where I went, it was going to be so much bigger than grade school, so much bigger than high school. Um, you know, so to step out and then, you know, uh, just be put into a sea of people in that way. Um, you know, when I <laughs> would come back home and it would just be me, like I'd have to go in the backyard and the, I mean, I, we'd have dogs, so we had dogs, but it was, <laughs> you know, that's it. Go in the backyard, entertain, you know, myself, um, shoot around by myself. Um, you know, but then coming into, yeah, even just prepping for ministry, just different, not to mention, different weather uh different size from (laughs) phoenix big city to new Ulm, very small in my opinion yeah Yeah. well and and when when i hear you say that it makes me think about um (laughs) there's like there's a lot of young men i think who never really like take that have that launch moment um one of my favorite authors talks about the idea of like uh the, well, he, he points back to the psalm that talks about um, like a quiver full of arrows as a man with sons in his youth. Sure. Is and the like idea of, of think. something, I think so. It's yeah. real close to the end of the book. Yep. Um, and But he takes that then to the next step and says, if your sons are like arrows, it, like arrows have a purpose. And the, the arrow can't achieve its purpose if it's still in the quiver. And so then he takes that then as an analogy for, you know, like, are you, how do you release your arrows? Okay. Um, and the idea that there's a lot of parents um, and a lot of families where the arrow never gets released or it's a rough release. And if you've ever done any archery, you <laughs> yeah. know it's got to yep. be a clean, smooth release and you need to be sure. prepared and it needs to be practiced. Yep. And it needs to be 
on point. Otherwise, it's pointless. Um, and so you're not saying that young men who have challenges with their families are pointless. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but um, so when, like, like you said, when you tell your story about, all right, it's time to go. And mom's saying, okay, it's time to go. Yeah. I think that's exactly that picture that that paints is this idea of I've trained you well. I've raised yeah. you well. Yeah. You're ready for this. You know, go. And I've got right. your back. Um, but it's time for you to go mm-hmm. and take that leap to, you know, a, not even like a like for for me it was like the neighboring state you know so they were still sure. up here yep. like they they saw most of my football games you know they would they were around you know during during the winter months I'd see them probably every two months in person that kind of thing but that's way different when when uh, you know, it's from Arizona to Minnesota that's a yeah. hike yeah you know and it's expensive even just to come right. up here right um so that, that's a big leap of faith yep. um trusting both. Obviously, in the God who holds all things in his hands, but then also trusting in your ability as a parent and saying, I've done what I can. Here you go. It's your turn now. <laughs> yeah. That's a, it speaks volumes for your mom. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Right. It's in the way that she would say it. Yeah. It's like a handing me back, you know, basically. Um, because she'll say, you know, oh, you know, you were the most important thing in my life, you know, like when you came around and, and that was huge and you know like that gave her life purpose because again not and i don't really want to dive necessarily into all the details but i mean my mom's been through a lot of things and a lot of rough things and so it's interesting you know to hear her talk in that way um you know but then that kind of sets the stage to say okay now she's very comfortable you know just like putting me back putting me back so to speak uh, and giving me an opportunity to yeah get out here, and and be so involved and get on the front lines and get into the battleground of just ministry, um, which she now you know takes in in part in tuning in, uh, especially you know with everything that's going on right now. A lot of people are doing that, and so and she's very faithful and just checking in and she'll send me texts and she'll be like I really liked your message you know from evening chapel and you know it's just what I needed to hear and. So she still supports from afar and we still get the chance to, you know, talk quite a bit. And, but you're right, like just from stepping into college and it got reduced down to Christmas and spring break and then went over to seminary and it got reduced to just Christmas. And then it came to Vicar year and it's like, well, I'm not going to be home for Christmas because, you know, Vicar, oh, we suppose, have to, yeah. we have to do stuff <laughs> during yeah. the Christmas year. Like we're, we're all in, we're working right alongside pastor, you know, that way. So then it was just a little bit deferred and a little bit delayed. And now, you know, uh, just getting into that first call and still, you know, coming into my own, like everything is just another huge step up from college to SEM to now being out in the real world, you know, even though it brings me right back to, to college, but with a new perspective. And now to borrow from a thing that my aunt has told me, like she's stepped in and she said, the things that you've seen and the things that you've gone through, that's going to help someone else. Like you're going to be able to somewhere, sometime, and God knows when in your ministry, that's going to become relevant. And you're going to be able to step alongside, right? And be right there uh, with somebody else in their struggles. Uh, You know, whatever that might be. Yeah. Yeah. So you were talking a little bit about, first of all, 
I, right now, I just want to give your mom a giant hug. <laughs> if she was here, <laughs> I'd give her a giant hug. That'd be awesome. Um, but, <laughs> so you talked a little bit about, yeah. um, you mentioned a couple times how often you do chapel. You do chapel a lot. Yep. Um, and it's part of the part of the job. Yeah. Um, and you and Hans both do a fantastic job. Oh, well, like, thanks. Not that there's ever, um, uh, like, Oh, tutors that don't necessarily do a good job. Like they didn't normally do a good job. Yeah. But uh, you two are particularly gifted in presenting the message, especially for young men and women. I think I'm really lucky to have, really blessed uh, to have you two um, at this moment. Um, I, obviously, the Lord puts the right people at the right place. <laughs> but you guys are really fit the role very, very well. And it's Appreciate cool to that. see. Um, but So what's your, uh, what's your process when, when it's time to do... When it's time to do chapel, because I, okay. it's hard. I mean, it's one thing to write a sermon every week. Yeah, it's another thing to be doing like three chapel services and then sometimes church sure. too. So sure, yeah, no, the chapel experience. I think that is something that's really cool about MLC. So I'll get a you know an opportunity to kind of look in advance. You know, I keep an eye on that. I see. Okay, here's the text. Doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to dive into it right away. Usually, there's... it's an assigned text like they assign yeah, it to you. Yeah, for evening chapel, for sure. So you know, probably don't get to dive in right away, and it gets a little bit closer. And some of the chapels, you know, end up getting put together just a day or two before, uh, in preparation. So I dig in, and you know, just a chance to read it over a few times. Right, it's that old idea of preach to yourself first. Right, what's firing off? in your mind you know what are the what are the phrases in the verses that stick out to you and then as i spend more time with it and as i pray a little bit you know over it and just in preparation and all of a sudden there's a little thematic idea that gets pulled out and so i say okay that's how i want to intro in and so most of the time it would be a uh, like say we're in chapel i'm going to read the text and then let's go let's let's extrapolate you know beyond that and, but you're absolutely right. Like it, it takes something, it takes a little bit of time to consider the audience and consider what's on the hearts of college students. And amazing blessing of being a tutor is that you're really not that far removed. You're far removed enough where they look up to you and they say, hey, I want to be there someday, you know, or I want to, you know, have this kind of confidence, which again, is still just growing in me is nowhere near, you know, what it could be. But but to look at that and say, yeah, I want to have that confidence there in speaking about God's word and just being in chapel that way. So it's drawing on in sometimes, you know, old experiences, but also the ministry of presence. Like when you're out there through the week, sometimes that's going to make an appearance. Sometimes what someone has said to you or someone has, you know, confided in you some problem or some pressure and you're like, okay, I kind of see that in the text here. Here, we can, we can bring that in um, because God is saying something to them and it's for them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that <laughs> yeah. explains a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. Do you memorize your sermons or ideally, your chapels? Ideally. If I'm being extremely honest, right now it, it hasn't been necessarily <laughs> all there. Um, I want to work towards that. Uh, and maybe, you know, I could put out whatever excuse I'd like to, you know, just that I'm getting into the job, that it's this first semester, there is a lot on the plate. Yeah. But no, as I get further and further in, like, I really want to, you know, take time uh, to do that because I do believe in the value of being able to look out 
and mm-hmm. being able to get eye contact and to be comfortable that way. So it's a goal that I'm working back towards uh, to get to that point. You get it. Yep. <laughs> the heater just kicked out in the back room. There you there. Go. <laughs> um, so, yep. uh, what's your favorite part of being a tutor so far? Favorite part? I mean, okay, so it's probably cliche, but it's getting to know the college kids, right? The ones that are here now, um, because it is pretty much an entirely new crop. There's a few people, you know, whether it be fifth years or whether it be people who have you know spent some time and then come back. You know, like, okay, I, I know them, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, okay, we're, you know, reconnecting in that way, certainly. But that's few and far between. Uh, so many new faces. And I'm still trying to get everyone's name down, you know. Like, I want to be able to greet greet you and, and say your name and, you know, ask a little bit about you and know a little bit about you, you know, going going forward. But it's getting to know them because... They have, again, their own background, right, that they're coming into. They have their own hopes and dreams and goals as they're looking ahead towards ministry. And you get a little chance to kind of step inside what's this upcoming generation, you know, how are they viewing things? And that's extremely important because they're part of the church. And if we're going, and Lord willing, if I, you know, serve in a church specifically, you know, a couple years down the road, uh, and Lord willing for a long time, um, I don't want to lose sight of that. I don't want to lose sight of that fact that every generation, right, this is still the body of Christ. This is still the family of believers as a whole, and they are a part of the church. And so everyone's voice, you know, needs a needs that space, needs that opportunity, you know, to be heard. And so now I'm getting it at the ground level right here, you know, with uh, young people. And I think that gets increasingly harder if you're a pastor and you go out through your ministry because you start to get comfortable and you start to look at the younger generation, you say, ah, look, here are all the, you know, issues in the world and America <laughs> and it's going downhill, you know, because I remember back, back in my day, you know, growing up. No. I kind of want to fight against that yeah. a little bit. I want to be able to maintain perspective. And so now I get the chance to do that right at the beginning. So I really do enjoy that. And you know, like this ministry, obviously, it revolves around people. And it's people who want to be there for other people. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I was thinking about in regards to that whole idea of this generation and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. You know, I was um, over the last two weeks, uh, our Hebrew professor um, had us do like an oral reading. Um, and so each of us went to Professor Nass's room, you know, yep. his I office, like one at a time, you know. And so yeah. um, you spend about two minutes reading and he gives you a little bit of feedback. And then he spent the next 10, for me, it was like 20. <laughs> um, I, I, sorry to the dude that was behind me. I did a lot of talking, but yeah. um, I'm, I'm good at that. I'm good at talking a lot. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, he just sat there and we talked for like, for me, it was 20 minutes. I know for a bunch of other guys, it was like 20, 15, 20 minutes. For some, it was yeah. more like 10. But um, when it was all over, he, he in class one day just said, um, you know, it's uh, so often I hear, um, you know, on the radio or in books and, and, and all over the place, you hear things about, you know, this generation is different than any other and, you know, how technology has changed kids and, and things just aren't the same as that. And things are, have forever changed. He said, but I sit here and I talk to all of you, and uh, whether it's the the concerns that you have, the issues that you face, the things you're excited about, the things that make you nervous or give you stress, and as I'm sitting here listening to all of you talk about these things, I can't help but think, 
this is just like my classmates and I were 40 years ago. You know, it's, yeah. it's the same conversations. It's the same concerns. It's the same yeah. desires. It's the same excitement. Mm-hmm. It's the same things that we're interested in. You know, it's our same things that makes us, that make us stressed. You know, and, uh, it, Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun, right? Yeah. Um, you can search everything out, seek everything out. Things will change. <laughs> seasons change, but there's nothing new. Um, right. and I think that's an important thing to remember a lot of times, you yeah. know? And there's nothing. I don't even talking about the, the some of the challenges you were talking about before. Like, there is nothing new, um, and so there is always going to be someone who can speak to it. There's going to be somebody mm-hmm. who can, who can you know work through right. it with you and, and that kind of thing. But now that was that was pretty powerful. That you know, especially yeah. particularly a man who's seen so many young men go through his classroom yeah. is saying you know. You're pretty much just like everybody else, but then he also he followed it up with, but that doesn't sell very many books. So if you want to sell, if you want to be a, on the bestseller list, you better say kids these days, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I didn't. It gave me a lot of comfort. Sure, it gave me a lot of peace too. Yeah, yeah. So you talked about um, how much you love sports growing up, and yeah. I know that was on your list of things that you right. you enjoy. Right. And you're coaching. What are you coaching right yeah. now? Yeah. So uh, early in the year, I was working with the cross country team, uh, and that's something that I did when I was here. So fun to be a part of that crew. Uh, I think it's a sport that is small and it's relatively unpopular. And a lot of people, you know, bag on running because they're <laughs> like, I don't get it. Because yeah. running is hard. <laughs> right. I don't want don't to understand. run. Yeah. I like doing yeah. other things that are hard. Right. Anyway. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> when you weigh 250 pounds, running is hard. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I know. I know. But. You know, uh, but with that, it's a, you know, a close-knit group, maybe because of that. Maybe just because, it, you know, it's just unique individuals and ones that appreciate, you know, running in that way. And so you do end up getting close and, you know, it's not so much for the fanfare. It's not like so much because it brings in the, the big crowds. Um, but it becomes more than just your personal achievements. So cross-country is cool in that way. Very happy to be involved that way. Uh, right now working with women's basketball, and basketball really is my number one, uh, you know, far and away. So this has been so much fun. You know, stepping in, again, every coaching opportunity, I get to know these people so well uh, before practice and after practice and, and even during practice as you start to see, you know, personalities come out, as you start to see uh, strengths, as you start to see what they, you know, can work on. And in that way, they'll really be looking you know, towards you or towards the coaches. And, uh, you know, so early on, important to establish that trust, important to, uh, you know, get to know them so that it it opens them up a little bit. Uh, And then, you know, what I love to do from a coaching aspect is really the one-on-one, you know, like that's why I'm thankful I'm the assistant coach because head coach Garish, you know, he's addressing the entire group. And he's very well put together. He's been doing it for a number of years. He knows what he wants to accomplish. And he can inspire the entire crew, right, to, to put forward all of that effort. And so for me, it's so much fun to, to step in and do kind of the one-on-one, right? Like I'm, I'm taking it in and I'm observing these details and I see something. I see, a, you know, how the play develops. And then as, you know, they step out and, and new players come in, you know, to fill in the drill, I can go over to them and I can, you know, encourage them or I can say, hey, this was what was really good. Like, you know, great pass there. So glad you saw that. Or, you know, when you have that space, take that shot, you know, whatever it might be. It's just a one-on-one 
and to work with them and I think they really do you know appreciate that and that's just kind of a lane that I like to to fill so that's what I got going on right now and then tennis in the spring so hand in everything yeah absolutely. that's the life of a tutor and so you, you ran cross country at MLC did you, yes did you uh play basketball at MLC and yeah I also yeah I neglected and, and te- to did say you that. play tennis or no no I did not do tennis that would be the new one yep okay. cross country and basketball I was very glad to have the spring off yeah college years no for yes. sure i yes. so that was honestly that was one of my favorite parts of being a collegiate athlete was yeah. the more like being in a i mean i loved playing football sure um but it was just as much like being in a weight room with the guys and working out uh-huh. like doing life together was yeah. just as big of a deal for me as yeah. the actual like playing was no absolutely i mean some of my yeah the friends that i keep in touch with today belong to the cross country team the basketball team i mean yeah, yeah. There, there's some of the guys that you just stick with, um, yeah. that you're spending time outside of your sport. Oh, well. yeah, my best friends in the world are both guys I played mm-hmm. MLC football with. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Good dudes, man. Yeah. 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 No, those are those are fun times, you know. I mean, that's definitely some big memories just from college, uh, the respective teams. Well, and there's been some debate about whether or not like a college of ministry should have a big athletic program, and whether or not it should be something that uh, like, yeah. gets gets a lot of attention and a lot of time. Um, what obviously it's something you find very valuable, but something I find very valuable. Yeah. What is it that gives athletics such value to specifically in our setting of young Christian men and women? Sure. Particularly on this podcast, particularly okay. Christian men. Yeah. All right. Well. I think the first, well, the first thing is, is that we're probably looking at a lot of potential coaches. <laughs> I never just, thought about that. Just yeah. inside of, you know, our grade schools or our high schools. Uh, eventually, they're going to, you know, be on the other side. And so to have, again, it's all about, you know, meeting people where they're at. And if you've walked in those shoes before, you know, how much more experience, right, do you then have to draw from where you're like, okay, now I get the chance to lead kids in this way and you know it's part of following kind of that way and that doesn't mean necessarily that every athlete is right gonna be a coach okay you know no big deal if you're not but a lot of them will a lot of them will get that opportunity and so to have it modeled in a way but also to go through the sport themselves you know even if that's not the sport that they're going to coach later on that's still going to help them so I think that's one thing Um, but then just to you know going through the sport it's also time management. Like if you're involved in a sport, that's great. Um, but you're going to have to have an understanding of who you are, you know, know how you study uh, and, and then take all of that into account. You know, a significant time, a portion of your day is, is consumed with athletics and that's a good thing. Um, but then you have to be willing to commit, right? And that's something that you learn over time. You say, I am going to commit. I'm going to do this, and then, yeah, it's going to be right to dinner, and then we've got evening chapel, and then i got to hunker down in the library, right? Just spend however many hours it takes, and then if I'm, you know, looking out for myself, probably need to go to bed after that, but usually you spend time just uh, <laughs> yeah. chatting with friends, yep. maybe till midnight or one. <laughs> so, but, and that's all good, you know, because they get the chance to navigate that for themselves. They get the chance to experiment with their schedule themselves, um, and then just doing the sport you talked about, lifelong, you know, friends, um, and the health benefits, obviously, too. You know, all of that's wrapped in. And so I say sports, yeah, pretty closely connected to ministry. 
kind of like any other extracurricular. It's another chance to make well-rounded professionals. Mm. That's good. Yeah. yeah. What about like the sport itself? Um, yeah. Like you get you dug into basketball. Yep. Quite a bit. Like you said, that's your thing. Right. Um, I think cross country. That's such an easy like yeah. run the race, right? Yes. Like <laughs> I, mean, I know it's it's cliche, but it's, it's not also, easy. Oh, it's but, definitely uh, <laughs> not easy. It's definitely not easy. But the, like the connection of two mm-hmm. to like a, a Christian life, right? That's incredibly yes. Like it's a, the Bible. It's so know. easily parallels. Yeah, I mean, um, and you can go to verses about that. And yeah, often they're overused in cross country devotions, and you're like, well, let's <laughs> let's talk about some other verses. Everyone's about, heard like, this. Something you know? else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, and this team I think felt that especially, but no. <laughs> Still so who was leading all those devotions? Huh? Well, I mean, well, I had one. Oh, you had one. Okay, <laughs> I yeah. had one. I did, I did something different. Yeah. Does the team do their own devotions? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. That's so the awesome. guys, yeah, guys on the team will step up, and so we had them on every Monday, uh, and so we just had a schedule laid out, and for as many Mondays as we had, not as many this year, given the circumstances. So we had our older guys, especially. Usually, would go through the whole team, but we had our older guys and Coach Weinkoff and then myself uh, take a take a Monday. So, and that's really neat. Uh, gives them a chance to get up front. Gives them a chance to address the group. Gives them a chance to pick out a text, some verses that are important to them that they really appreciate. Gives them a chance to make those applications, you know, to the team uh, at that time. So. That's one of the really cool aspects of sports at MLC. And you know, I had forgotten about that, but we did that for football too. Sure, I'd completely. I don't know. I, I don't. Know, I haven't been in any football stuff with yeah. new coaches and everything. Yep. But um, oh yeah, I I completely forgot about that. But we we definitely did that too. Okay, which is it's huge. Like it's such a big yeah. deal. You know, like to take you only get so many hours together as a team, right? And to take right. you know, f- even if it's just five eight minutes at the end of every practice. And mm-hmm. do that devotion, have that time together. That's a big deal. Yeah, and to, and to be take on that leadership of you know I'm gonna lead the men around me, um, or women yep. around me. Yep. Um, Either way. In devotion, that's a big. It's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's formative that way. But you were asking, you're kind of getting into basketball, right? And yeah. So what? What? What about basketball? First of all, what makes you love? Why is basketball the thing, man? Well, okay. <laughs> You said my mom should have, you know, maybe named me Timothy, right? For the, those connections. Tim but, Hardaway? But no. <laughs> but my name is Jordan. And it's literally oh, drawn. Yes, okay. it's exactly what you would think. It is. It's from MJ. I mean, I was born in 93. And so the Phoenix Suns playing the Chicago Bulls in the 93 finals. And uh, obviously the Suns did not win. <laughs> No, because MJ was still, you know, running through and then to those three feats and getting more of his rings there. Um, Sorry, Charles. Yeah. Charles Barkley. Yeah, Sorry, right, bro. Right. Yep. So, but I mean, that is how I got my name. So, you know, it came from MJ and, you know, basketball was always, I mean, my dad, for what it's worth, I mean, he was a point guard in college ball and my mom played as well, you know, in high school. And so she kind of put a basketball into my hands, you know, from early on. You know, just one of those little ones, and you know that that little white backboard and the red rim, yeah. just the thing that it seemed everybody had. And the you know, blue stand. growing up in the nineties. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
So if you, if you touched it too hard, it would like fall over <laughs> yeah, forward. Right. And every, uh-huh. Everybody's done a dunk contest at that, yes. on that thing at least a few times. Yes, even through grade school. Oh yeah, like, and I then remember you just start setting it on stuff. So then you set it on like <laughs> yeah. the dining room yep. table yep. and you can dunk. But you're on still that. going. I remember doing that with friends, and it would be in the garage, and we had you know, and his at parents like would take out. Fifteen and sixteen years old. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clear it out, and we're like, all right, here we go. <laughs> just making things up. Um, yeah. So you know, started out that way, and. And basketball just became, you know, a part of life. It became that sport that I gravitated to. And then when we moved in with Grandma, there was a whole like half court setup, uh, you know, a legit one in the in the backyard. So I'd spend all my time, you know, just shooting around. Uh, so it became a love then, you know, through high school and then college. Yeah, I wanted to give it that shot. And really, I was pretty much I was like the last guy to make the team. Uh, yeah, because there were a few cuts, and you know, and Coach even talked with me, and he said, "Yeah, I decided to let, you know, this guy go." And so, you're in, <laughs> you know, and I, and I, and I felt it too. I don't know, maybe I was pretty, you know, nervous coming in, and a lot of things were new. You know, college was new, Minnesota was new, uh, and the basketball at that level was new. So even just my growth. Personally, my growth in basketball from freshman year to senior year, huge differences. Um, but yeah, so my love was fostered that way. Um, you know, I'm all in on basketball. I'm going to play it as long as I can for as many years as I can, you know, hoping the body keeps up <laughs> to some extent <laughs> with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a real thing. Once you get to like your junior year of college, it's like I just hope my body can hold on for another year. <laughs> well, you yeah, especially oh, for football. Man. I mean, you're taking more Dude, impact. Dude, it took me for sure like a legitimate two <sighs> years to like undo all the damage football did. Like going to the chiropractor yeah. twice a week. Yeah, you know, like the way I was working out. Obviously, obviously, it's going to change once you're done playing football. Um, but like it's turned like the stretching the body work that i had to do it took like two three years to get back and then just to feel normal you know just to feel like i was 24 sure you know and then (laughs) um like when i started working out again hard like now Mm -hmm. i'm I'm big into powerlifting and okay and that kind of stuff i I, I didn't know that uh, well i shouldn't i shouldn't say i'm big into powerlifting because i I don't compete at all Um, but it's what i really enjoy Right. Yeah. Um, yep. And uh, I just love lifting big heavy weights, and I like being a big dude. Like I just want to always be a big dude. Um, right. But when I started getting kind of back into that and pushing myself again, and all of a sudden, like more stuff started popping up. Like I didn't know I had these issues, and we gotta get those addressed. Then, like it took so long to undo the damage football did, <laughs> and yet I wouldn't trade a single second. Right. Wouldn't trade a single right. second. Yep. And, and, and that, um, I, I honestly, I think that kind of actually is a case for football, maybe even football. Cause, like it, most high schoolers aren't experiencing that, but like college mm-hmm. ball, you're gonna experience. Everybody's yeah. gonna experience that at some point. But I would say that might even be a case for you know collegiate athletics is that when you're done at you know 22, like yeah, you're gonna feel like you're 30 instead of 22 <laughs> for a little while. But if you take care of yourself, you even mentioned the health aspect of it. Yeah. If you're taking care of yourself throughout right. college and then you right. take care of yourself once you're done, you still are young enough and resilient enough to bounce yeah. back. Yeah. From, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just wear and tear. I know. Yeah. yeah. And I've had to remind myself that I'm really not that old. You <laughs> yeah. know, when I'm now I'm trying to keep up with the current college guys. Mm. Like, I'll play, you know, like an after school ball just to get out there again. Um, and, 
that's so much fun. Uh, but you start to realize, you know, those eighteen-year-olds can run, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we were there once. So. Yep, we were. <laughs> well, I was never running, but <laughs> ah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the funny thing is because <clears throat> my my sport of choice is strength sports. Yeah. I'm like hitting my peak right now. Like okay. I'm, I'm not even to my peak yet. Sure. Um, and, and so that's kind of a that's another sure. kind of. I mean, it's just different sports and the way it your is. body develops it is. different. I'm, I'm working on the old man strength right now. Okay. Like getting there. <laughs> right, 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 right. Someday I'll have old man strength, but I okay. got to do the work okay. now, so I've got there it. There you go. No, I think you can do it. But yeah, we are a lot younger than than we think sometimes. Yeah. It's easy to think <laughs> yeah. you're old until you, you know. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's such a big thing, I think, for a lot of the young guys that are on campus. And you are an authority. I'm not an authority figure on campus, but you are. Um, and But it, on both sides of it, I think um, there's a lot of guys who are like, you know, 19, 20, and they look at us almost as like old guys, you know? <laughs> right. And yep. uh, I, I kind of wish, I don't know, I don't know how to communicate it to them, but it's like, hey, man, like this is five years down the road for you. I know. This is this isn't that far away. Oh, no, I kind of yeah, I kind of struggle with that too. Maybe it's not so much struggle, but I try to find ways to essentially kind of close the gap and not in a way that it forfeits any of the authority or any of the respect, right? Because you do have to be careful, you know. And and there are some lines that you, you know, are careful not to cross, certainly. And I'm mindful and I think about that. But at the same time, what I'm trying to get at really is to say what are what are actual accessible ways to close that gap a little bit, to spend time with guys so that they know, you know, you're not lording things over them, that you don't think of yourself as so much higher, you know, than they are, but you can actually get down on their level. And a point when they realize, oh, yeah, sure, he's older than me, but he's really not that far removed. Like he understands the culture he understands you know the current trends he understands what's going on in music and sports and and i can relate to him on this level and that's what i like and that's those connections that i like to make you know because for me i don't know that i'm necessarily the most formal guy you know i'm not a wild and crazy guy by any (laughs) means but you know uh, not so formal in the sense of, yeah, you know, I'll you know dress up for chapel and dress up for work in the sense of, you know, going in to teach for sure. But in a lot of the off hours, you know, I kind of just dress down a little bit and, you know, I'm afraid at the beginning of the year, like people don't even know. Do they know I'm tutor? <laughs> Do they think I'm some, maybe a guy <laughs> who thought I was back? tutor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. You know, like, oh, am I just the senior that they don't, they don't know about? <laughs> but... But I think stuff like that is important, you know, to kind of let them into your life a little bit that way. And even in the classroom, right, I think that can be accomplished. I think you can give little glimpses to where you're down on on their level. And that's not demeaning at all, but it's a means of connection. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest uh, the biggest separator a lot of times is the real life experience side of things, you know, like. Um, sure. not necessarily a lot of times when you hear that those words like real life experience it's almost it is kind of a lording it over you type of thing you know like well you Could don't be. know <laughs> you don't know what it's like you know that yeah. kind of stuff yeah um but there is a legitimate like your perspective changes when you start seeing some things you know um and good things bad things just like seeing the way the world is it does change your perspective a yeah. lot 
Um, and, and I think some of the things that college kids push back on a lot of times, um, those are like, that means a lot to us because we've seen why it's important. Right. Like they're not just, it's, they're not just blowing hot air out into the world when, when authority figures say, you know, like, don't do this, be careful with that. Yeah. And we've kind of lived and seen some of that, I think. Um, and that is a, it's something that a lot of older people and a lot of, you know, again, authority figures working with young people struggle to communicate that. And it sometimes it turns into like, uh, well, Jesus says, you know, like mm-hmm. well, that might not be wrong, but that's, it's hard to make that connection sure. as a young person, you know, like yeah. Jesus says it's wrong, so it's wrong. And right. you go, why? And that's a uh-huh. good question to ask. It's a question <laughs> yeah. you should be asking. Why right. does scripture, you know, discourage it? Why do the people around me who are in charge discourage it, you know? Yeah. And uh, a lot of times... It's hard to see that unless you've walked it or know somebody who has walked it. Sure. And it, it, yeah, that could accidentally turn like what you're probably intending to be gospel motivation and all of a sudden it turns into a little bit more law motivation and it, and it gets twisted, right? Even if it is well-meaning. Um, yeah, they want a little bit more depth. Um, and it's interesting just getting into that conversation because talking about life experiences and sometimes I feel like that's the those are the kinds of questions that I get most often, right? Like they want to know, like I'm surprised actually how many guys ask me about Vicar Year, right? Because it's something that they're looking forward to. They're like, well, you know, I'm, I want to get there someday. Um, so tell me, you know, how was it for you? So sometimes they just open that door and they're like, yeah, I do want to hear about your life experiences. But you're right, you know, when it, when it comes around to the other side and they're saying, uh, you know, and whether that be discipline you know, or something's going not the you know way that you want it to. Uh, certainly, you know, as dorm supervisor, uh, and you got to step in, um, right? But there's no. Like, it's worthwhile to take the time, to take the time and talk things through with them. And it might not be right there and then, right? Especially if it's a little touchy. You know, if there's there's a bigger issue at hand, you might just say, "Hey, I'm gonna step away from it for the night, but we're gonna come back. We'll talk about this later." And sometimes that's the best thing that you can do. But point being, get back to them, you know, and, and spend that time and entertain questions and actually be a listener first before you, you know, go out and you share something that is worthwhile and have that be grounded in scripture and have include any applicable life experiences, not to take away from whatever they're going through or whatever you're trying to address in their life, um, but just as means to, to make those connections. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what are your favorite like? Uh, what are your favorite hooks to make those connections? You know what I mean? Like, do you have tools in your tool belt that you're like, I know I can usually get this. What's Maybe, your, like an example? What do you? Um, what so do you think? like when, uh, um, like when I'm trying to make a connection with like one of the kids in my classroom. Okay. Um, a lot of times, so I I love listening to music. I have yeah. a very eclectic taste. Yes. And so at like the life. beginning of a class uh, of a class in my classroom, yep. I'll start playing music that I like. <laughs> and um, a lot of times like new music that I like. Sure. Uh, or that I'm discovering or even like Christian music that okay. isn't like I don't I'm not a huge fan of worship music. So I I like to find 
good. A lot of times it's like one song that an artist puts out where they yeah. talk about their faith or whatever. Okay. And uh, start playing nope. those, and nope. kids start asking about it, and that opens up a conversation. <laughs> this is why I like it. This is why, nice. you know, blah, blah, blah. Nice. And all of a sudden we're talking about music, and they're giving me song suggestions, yeah. and that yeah. kind of thing gives you a connection, right? Absolutely. Um, or uh, like when we moved to – I love wearing cowboy boots. I When I was a kid, I always wanted to wear <laughs> cowboy boots. Okay. And we never had I, – I had uh, – when I was really young – there was somebody gave my parents um, a pair of cowboy boots to put in like in a dress up bin, and my feet were just a little too big for them. Like I, I was like eight, and the boots were probably for like a six year old, and I was a big kid, you know. And I squeezed my feet into them and tried to wear them. My mom wouldn't let me wear them in public, and because they were ridiculous and tiny, right? Yeah. But I always wanted cowboy boots. I always loved cowboy movies, all that. So when you know I had a job of my own and it was a professional, I went and bought a pair of cowboy boots, and I didn't wear them that often when I was in Milwaukee. Um, like I just wear them for fun because mm-hmm. they're fun, you yeah. know. And I, and then you know I, I've got the ones with like a, a good work boot sole on the bottom. Okay. So I would wear them on like snowy days and things yeah, like that when I didn't yeah. want to mess up my nice shoes. But otherwise, I just wore them when I wanted to relax and have some fun, right? <laughs> um, but now that I'm in New Ulm and it's a very rural setting, like of my 60 kids, I want to say between 15 and 20 of them are like legit farm kids. A lot of country kids, you know, that kind of thing. And I wear my cowboy boots almost every day. And uh, it, it makes that connection with them. It, it, and my, I always wear my John Deere belt buckle anyway because it's a family heirloom. But uh, like those kinds of things, it yeah. so, sounds silly in like surface no. level. Um, but it easy makes that connection, you know. And even with like the janitors, like it, it, it makes – you start having yeah. those conversations. Right. Um, right. And it brings things up. So like, yep. you know, they – um, I, I've never done a harvest in my life, but mm-hmm. I worked for a John Deere dealership and I, like, okay. I know the equipment, like I know the process, all that kind of stuff. And so then when you have some kid who doesn't have their homework done and he's talking about how tired he is cause he was out in the field all night with his dad, yeah. you know, um, you can like, Oh man, I, I know the feeling. Like I, I understand. And you're like, really? And you start talking all of a sudden you got a <laughs> connection, right? And you got it. Sure. So what, what sure. are your favorite hooks? Yeah. Well, definitely music. Right? And we could go down that avenue if you want to. I mean, yeah, I'm all in for that. Uh, so that's a great one. Um, gonna give away all your secrets. The dudes in the dorms are going to be like, Tudor's trying to get to know me. He's asking me. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> no, so that, plug your ears, concrete yep, guys. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that. Um, here, you know, I mean, I get a chance to talk with the guys that are more used to city right like that's a perspective Mm. that i bring in and so i can commiserate in some ways you know the guys that just yearn for that kind of life or maybe that pace or just the sheer amount of people uh the opportunities you know to go and be amount you know be around others and all the different activities different activities you know that are just available and so that's that's kind of a big thing i mean that's happened recently really uh, you know, just thinking back to the past couple of days, kind of banked on that, you know, they, they think that's cool, you know, to say, sure, I, I understand that. You know, I lived through that as Phoenix and everything. So that would be one. Um, wow. Beyond that, this is a, it's well, an I interesting conversation. Sports, I mean, you didn't bring it up, yeah. but I would guess sports yeah. is a big one. Well, right. I mean, because yeah. you're in there, I you're watching, you love it. Yep. You know, the yep. finals just happen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know. No, I we have. The Lakers I have run. like a you know group chat really with some of the guys and really okay. So they're the RAs, you know. But we'll talk about that, you know. Or we'll meet up. We'll go to late night 
and just just have any sort of talk like that and that's kind of a lead-in and then it can be whatever it could be about the week it could be about deeper stuff it could be scriptural questions you know it just then then it really does branch out well you know? going back to your ministry by presence right yeah like if you're present they're comfortable and when you're mm-hmm. comfortable it's a lot easier to have those conversations absolutely yeah absolutely and so yeah so you just have to spend a little bit of time a little bit here a little bit there and before you even know it you don't even have to be like intentionally looking for that you know but it just kind of naturally develops yeah so what is on your ipod right now well, What's Tutorial Horn <laughs> listening to? Yes. Um, no iPod. I'm a Spotify guy, for oh, sure. Oh, jeez. Uh, I, I knew there was something about actually, you, Actually, well, I mean, okay, but that's that's a normal thing. The thing that's not normal is that I'm actually a CD guy. And okay. nobody, I feel like nobody, you know, does those anymore. Because either it's all digital or there's the retro, everyone's bringing back vinyl. And I find myself strangely in between. <laughs> you know? But I have, yeah, like over 200 CDs. And the great thing is, is that, you know, the car that's parked outside. So this is my first car and I've had it for a number of years now. And I really want it to keep going because I love it so much. Holly. But she's got... She's parked right next to Susan. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And uh, she's got six disc CD changer. Oh, nice. Perfect for road trips. So I just, I plan it out. And usually I bring six for the way over and then, you know, and then I come back and I've got six on the way back and it just automatically, you know, rotates through. So like CDs are huge for me. And then Spotify helps me get a pulse on what's new, you know, uh, what's the new stuff that's coming out. So if we're talking music taste, again, it's all over the board. I mean, you said you're kind of there too. So let's start just on, on the Christian level. Okay. Because... Again, I don't consider myself to really, you know, be that deep into uh, specifically, you know, like Christian bands and Christian music. You know, like I'm listening to a lot more. Um, But there's a few. I I think, so for me, biggest one would be King's Kaleidoscope. Are you familiar? I'm not familiar at all. No. I've seen the name, but I've never actually listened to the music. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. So you should check out their most recent album, Zeal. Uh, I think it actually gets better the further that you get into it. I actually, I like the second half of that album even more than the first. Uh, and then Zion. So that's a song by them. And there's a like a live YouTube video of that one. And that might be one of my favorite songs from them. So, okay. Yeah. King's Kaleidoscope? King's Kaleidoscope. Okay. Yep. So, and, and for you, I mean, you're... On the, on the Christian worship, Christian um, so, fan like level? So, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of worship music. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I used to listen to, like, K-Love a lot when I was in Milwaukee. And you can't really get that stuff out here. It's small town radio. Yeah. Um, so, there's not a whole lot of selection. Sure. Um, I also the radio in my truck didn't work anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so... Uh, Shout out to Cameron Schrader introduced me to. Um, the, I've listened to this song like on loop for three or four days now. It's the one that was What's on when the... you were pl- when you came oh, in. Oh yeah. Um, it's so it's Judah from Judah and the Lions or Judah and the Lion. Yep. Um, Ju- so just Judah uh, put out a song recently, a solo, uh, no, a single. There we go. Yep. Um, just called, um, just because he does, right? Or because because he does. Okay. Um, and the whole idea is Jesus loves me just because he does. He okay. loves me because he does. Thank you. And, uh, dude, ungrace. it is 
unbelievable. It is so good. Yeah. Um, but I listen to a lot of Rhett Walker um, and kind of those Nashville rock. Okay. More kind of okay. stuff. A little bit sure. indie. Sure, sure, sure. Indie rock Christian okay. stuff a little bit more. Yep. Gotcha. Um, a few years ago, I listened to a lot of the Digital Age and Crowder. Um, and I, the only reason I'm not listening to them as much is that they haven't put out a lot of new stuff. Um, gotcha. so you, you kind of get tired of the old stuff a little bit and you got to take a break, but yep. yeah, uh, um, Rhett Walker, Crowder, um, Digital Age and the Digital Age is David Crowder's old band. So when oh. it was the David Crowder band, okay. um, they, he went solo and he's doing more like folk kind of stuff, yeah. you know, like more you know, Nashville yep, rock. Yep, yep. And they kind of went in the opposite direction. They're doing more of the digital stuff, which that's why I recall the digital age. Um, but Fair very enough. similar vibes as far as like the way they do their music. Um, so when I'm just going to listen to Christian music, I guess that kind of, that kind of stuff. Um, okay. I have been listening to more like Southern gospel and bluegrass stuff yeah. lately. Um, and I don't know, I'm not really sure why, um, but I don't know. I just kind of dig it. Yeah. Um, so Stephen Curtis Chapman put out one recently. Um, who's the country singer? Um, Josh Turner put one out yeah. a couple oh, of years ago. Josh Turner. And that voice. Great. Uh, but, so uh, good. The, his, so good. Uh, G- I can't remember the name of his album, but it's just a really good like Southern gospel mm-hmm. album. Um, and then I said I spent the last six years in inner city Milwaukee and the church I was at most recently, I actually sang in a gospel choir and everything. So I do listen to a fair amount of gospel music. Nice. Um, so Tasha Coves Leonard is good stuff. All right. And usually pretty sound doctrinally. Um, Travis green, the same way. Um, and he doesn't do as much. A lot of times gospel musicians will preach a lot while they're doing their performance. He doesn't do as much of that. Um, and so you kind of like the, his church, there are definitely some doctrinal issues there, but the music itself is is pretty solid. Yeah. So I really yep. I really enjoy those two right now in particular. Okay. Donnie okay. McLurkin, some of his, it's 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 corny <laughs> gospel music, but it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess huh. I don't. It's a, like I said, really eclectic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not really into like worship music or like Christian hits of the day. Sure. Um, huh. just we because they're all kind of the same. You know, and that's the common complaint, and it's also yep. it's yep. it's fair. really valuable too, is that it's easy to recognize, um, you know what to expect, and it's meant to be a like a worship experience, and, and so it is good. I mean, a lot of hymns sound pretty much the same too, for the same reasons, you know. Yeah. Um, but I I, I I'm kind of, I'm more into the uh, contemporary Christian stuff that isn't necessarily worship stuff. Yeah. No, and I get that. And I think that's why I like King's Kaleidoscope. You know, like it steps outside of the box a little bit. And uh, so like the album I mentioned and they have, well, three songs, but really they're all tied together. They're kind of the, in a unit. Uh, I mean, it's that way on YouTube for the video as well, which is a cool video. I should, I'll just mention that after, <laughs> to you afterwards. But um, yeah, like the lines that they write are creative and bringing forward some real truths and just expressing it in a different way because again those common complaints of christian music i mean that's basically what kind of pushed it to the side for me i said well you know i mean i i like the christian influence that sneaks into every other genre you know and i'll seek that out or i'll pick that up in artists and i'll see them and you know it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a christian or outright christian but they're entertaining some of those thoughts and i think that's valuable too to see that in music so let's take a few steps back and I'm just going to run 
through like well, the before musical you do, progression. What yes. what what did you think of Kanye's el- gospel album? Ah, the gospel album. Yeah. So, man, it's it's polarizing. It is. It is. It's like, man, some of these I really love. And in fact, God is. That's my favorite. It's track. Unbelievable. That's my oh, favorite it's one. So good. This, I had it on repeat for G so long in, in the background. Of yeah, yeah, dude. Oh my no, goodness. The, yeah. Like the word the word he's used in a lot of interviews is worshipful. And there is no, I mean, I know it's a made up word, but <laughs> it's, it's exactly the right word for it. It's, it is so, the whole album is good. Yeah. The whole album the, is good. Right. There are definitely songs on there that I just, you know, I just skipped through. Yeah. Um, but what I took from it was, yeah, an interesting look into like Kanye's development in that sense. And what's interesting is that I think for a lot of people, they think that this is a totally new lane for him, and I don't think that that's it's the case. Not. I don't think that's true at all. I think he—it's like a rediscovery, and in fact, like a, an impassioned. You know, like all of a sudden he is saying, "Yeah, this is everything." So I'm actually going to do that, and he's a big enough guy that he can take those risks, and not necessarily that he's thinking about it as a risk. I don't imagine that he does. I think he's just trying to be true to himself, as I'm sure he was through all of his albums. But right, there were little glimpses and there were little bits of pieces and, you know, went this way and that way and every way. But that's kind of cool, you know, to see that and now to have him wrapped around and seemingly very focused, you know, on putting out this message and being unafraid, you know, to talk about his savior that way. So there are definitely a few songs on that that I took and I was like, these ones are great and I'm going to spam them and I'm going to listen to them a lot. Um, but yeah, I've stepped away from yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, I know I haven't listened to it as no. much again because you can only listen to something so many times right. before it starts to be old. Sure, but... unless it's a personal classic for right. you. Right? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, Collision so. Course by Linkin Park never gets old, man. Okay. Listen to it over and over and over right. again. <laughs> yeah, that's your thing. Uh, like Jay Z and Linkin Park, man, so good. <laughs> Not that I'm uh, uh-huh. uh, just it's just so good, man. Okay. Um, okay. But so go, like just a little bit more time on Kanye there. Like, yeah. Some of the the other the thing that bothered me the most about that whole thing was there were so many people that dismissed it and even people that were dogging it like um before he before they they never listened to it and they just like said stuff that they heard other people saying and things like uh-huh. that and really digging into like just digging their heels in on rejecting it outright without ever yeah. and i was really i was i honestly really disappointed with a lot of people that i respect for not even giving it like like it's, it's one thing to ignore it like i would have rather had them ignore it <laughs> than treat it the way that they did and like the the best example of that was closed on sunday like the song is about the idea of i'm my family and i are setting aside sundays as a sabbath you know and whatever but like th- but there was so much. It's the Chick Fil A song to everybody. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and, and and so there was like this rumor. There was this thing going around talking about like how the song was about he and his wife don't have sex on Sundays. It's like where are you getting that from? I had never even heard that. That's yeah. It was like That's a. Crazy. It was like a, a th- like and he he like publicly talked about <laughs> like how this is not what the song's about. And everybody's like, oh, he's des- denying it too hard. It's like look at the words of the song. Where does it say? anything about this you know um Uh and the other one is i don't remember the name of the song but the one where he he's talking about like arguing with his dad 
It's like he's talking oh, about yeah. prayer. He's talking. It's he's talking God. to his is yeah. Follow God. Yep. Like he's talking about praying. So when he says, you know, like I talk to my dad, he tells me to do something, and I come back to my dad and try and tell him what to do. He's 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 not talking about his dad. He's talking about God. And it's this relationship and this struggle going back and forth. And at the end, he's like screaming like, ah, right? It's like, it's that frustration of, I'm just trying to yeah, be righteous yeah. and I just mm-hmm, can't do mm-hmm. it. And if you take it just face value as his intention of this is what he was trying to present, most of it right. is just spot on a killer, man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Anyway, so your, yep. your musical rundown, man, what sure. are you listening to? Well, I mean, so, like, I grew up on country. So, like, I have country roots, I guess, if you want to talk about Tim McGraw and Toby Keith, Dirk Bentley, Billy Currington, Josh Turner, like you said. Oh, so good. You know, so, like, all of that's in the background. And then as far as modern country, I really, you know, Zach Brown band, that's about Mm -hmm. as modern as I get. Or Thomas Rhett. Those two, you know, for sure. And whatever the aforementioned ones, you know, they're still putting out stuff. Yeah, I'll key in. But now country is mostly a summer thing for me. I just kind of fit into that stereotype. I'm like, hey, it sounds better in the summer. You know, with the windows down and especially being here in the Midwest. I think that's really what drives me to do that. But so, you know, that's not so much in the picture really at all. Um, Huge R&B guy. R&B soul music. Uh, And that could be from the big artists all the way down to a lot of ones that if I would name them, not that many people are gonna you know really you know pick up on that or say like oh yeah i listen to him or her quite often um i mean one example of that would be the weekend i mean he's a huge you know star now that wasn't always the case and so you know i have to claim that as like a, a day <laughs> one you know back was cool well, yeah, yeah before he was cool before he was super popular and like the number one streamed artist on spotify you know kind of keen into to the whole thing the entire discography like your weekend and Frank Ocean and you know uh, James Blake uh, personal favorite you know so that kind of style I like I like some of the um, you know folk music I guess you know I, I struggle to to put a strict definition on it but you know uh, Hozier okay like Hozier okay you know a little bit of, of that vibe because again what I appreciate there is like, you know, it's got the guitar backing and I'm not a huge, you know, rock guy by any means or like guitar heavy bands. I'm starting to come around a little bit that way. But Hozier's like lyricism and, you know, especially I think both of his albums really are kind of dark, but it's, you know, it's, it's neat to see, you know, the themes that he puts in and there's some religious, but that's what like I was talking about earlier. Like it's religious, but he's, questioning he's toying around with it he's bringing in different concepts that way but i don't think he's you know i don't think he's (laughs) there with it right yeah yeah but i find that so intriguing i find it so like it's rich just in the depth that's their music it's an honest picture of what's going on you know absolutely yeah because how many modern artists are just taking the world as they see it and and putting it through baby oh He's got like eight songs or eight, eight words in the entire song. Oh man, uh, it's not no, music, folks. Yeah, not, not going to claim that one. Uh-uh. No, no. Although, thanks. what was the album that came out right after he broke up with his girlfriend? Um, and Sorry was on it. Oh, and uh, yeah, um, 
Uh, uh, you know all those songs <laughs> that was a good album okay that right, was a good right. album no and it's fair like you should have guilty pleasures <laughs> that have. single album that, I don't, that one's not even a guilty pleasure no i've got some guilty pleasure music okay. but okay. that's not it man right. that album right. was legitimately good <laughs> okay yeah yeah yep <laughs> yep but do you listen to rap at all ever oh yeah no absolutely what and kind especially of through high school and I still do now, but that's kind of, yeah, I've kind of, you know, basically replaced it with the R&B and soul because I'm keen into more like the vocals, uh, you know, and, and have an interest in that and like, you know, tuning in and like singing along with all that. But rap for sure. I mean, we've already talked about Kanye and Kanye used to be my number one guy. And then really it's Kendrick, you know, lots of Kendrick. I think each of those albums, every album that he puts out is just... uh masterpiece you know i mean you could spend so much time just digging in and so it's fun to run all of those back um but like your kendrick and your j cole kanye still um boy mac miller okay yeah the late great mac miller (laughs) (laughs) he's a yeah that's an interesting you know ride to listen to um Especially in terms of like artistic growth and like following someone's career, and I I wasn't really into Mac Miller at the beginning, you know, I never really hit. But then there's an album that kind of changed it, and I tuned in, and then every album since, and you saw him become more like introspective, and that I found extremely interesting, you know, all the way up to his you know passing. It's just that's what I appreciate about rap actually, is the the depth that you can get into. Um, because there's so many words packed in, but it's like, there's not such a hard, you know, tied down structure that I feel like artists feel like they can be open and they can be experimental. And so they'll do that with how it sounds and they'll do it especially in what they're saying and what they're bringing to the table or what even just a particular song is about or how they use an entire metaphor to kind of, you know, flip things on its head. That's what I appreciate. And because it gives a, just a completely different res- uh, perspective but they bring you in. It's like they bring you into their world. Uh, and it's fun sometimes just to get consumed. Well, and, and to, to speak to that, one of, um, so I, I, I don't really know why, but I really enjoy, um, oh, shoot. Uh, what's his name? The guy, uh, Tupac, Tupac oh, okay. and Biggie. There you go. I yeah, really, yeah, yeah. really enjoy Tupac and Biggie and, and modern rap. I really enjoy NBA Youngboy and a couple oh, of those other okay. guys. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know? That shocks me so, a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, <laughs> I, I was introduced to it by my students in Milwaukee. Sure. sure. Um, and, uh, but so that's exactly it is the idea of opening up the doors and just letting me into your world. Right? Yeah. And like, that's the culture that I was working with. Um, and, uh, like you, there were I'm seventh and eighth graders who were talking about like, this is what life is like for me and for us, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I, that's a big thing and, and it's not always appropriate content, you know, it's well, right. not always, you know, like, no, and, it's and, rough and, around the edges Yeah, for rough, sure. Exactly. But it's a realistic picture of what's going on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like I said, I've got such a heart for that ministry and such a heart for those people. Um, and it's, it, part of it's like a yeah. seeking to understand yes. part of it is it legitimately is like. I know it's a it's to an extent an acquired taste, but it's legitimately good music, man. Oh yeah, like it's gr- no, good. That's music. All, I mean, what is a high schooler drawn to? You know, other than that, and so of course, like I stepped into that realm, and 
and now I'm thinking I thought Childish Gambino. He kind of drives that oh, line. Oh yeah, because you know he he blends. Chance He's the rapper got, too. Oh, chance. Really good. Yeah. Ly- like really lyrical. Really good. Absolutely. Like and great beats. Right. Yeah. And Chance was one who also kind of gets ragged on sometimes in the Christian community, you know, because it's like, oh, is he being authentic? I'm like, no, you know, he's stepping into that too. He is being authentic yeah. because he's struggling with right. it. Right. Well, Coloring Book. How do I, you know? Coloring Book, like that I album. Mean, the it whole is, album is excellent. It's half and half. Like half of it is just, uh, you know, really going all in on what you would think of more the typical tropes and, you know, stereotypes of, of rap music and the other half is gospel but it's interspersed it's almost like in every other uh in just the way that it's put together and so i fawned over that album for so long and i was just digging into it because it appealed to all the senses it was something that i wanted to jam to to dance to and to like get emotional to (laughs) and get spiritual with as well like it had a little bit of everything there and so yeah, just like in the way you're talking about Kanye, like same thing with Chance, you know, like give that brother a chance too, you know, just to, yeah. just to be right in and let him, you know, say his piece. And again, you know, okay, is everything doctrinally sound? Is everything going to line up exactly the way that we would want it to? Oh, no, of course not. But he's putting it out there and that's cool. And so, and he's an artist and just like Childish Gambino, they blend, you know, in between rap and hip-hop and r&b and soul music and i just i'm there for it you know like yeah yeah well and thinking about that perspective even <laughs> further like uh in 99 problems G- or uh yeah jay-z has yep. that line you know like uh reporter uh he's talking about he's talking about how reporters talk about him and there's a line in there that goes something to the effect of you know, they say, you know, all his music is about money, crack, and hose. And the next line is, he's from the stu- he's from the hood, stupid. What kind of facts are those? <laughs> like, what do you, like, that, and that's exactly the way I feel about, like, a lot of times Chance the Rapper, even sometimes, like, NF and some of these guys yeah, who are sure. very, like, they're Christians and they talk about their faith and they do all that. Yep. But then also some of their music doesn't necessarily no, line up no. with with that. And you they're go living inside the world, right? They're, they're presenting th- it. Think about the world they live in, where they come from, and that's not to condone bad behavior. Right. But think about where they are and what right. they're like. The journey has been for the for these guys. Yeah, and that duality starts to make sense. And if we're honest with ourselves, there's. The same duality in each and every one of us. Absolutely. And again, not at all to condone bad behavior, but you know, like when you're alone in your living room at eleven o'clock at night, mm-hmm. is you can't tell me that you're not. <laughs> there's not a little duality there sometimes, you know. Sure. Like w- when you're driving down the street and you know you s- see a billboard or somebody cuts you off or. You know, when you're spending too much time on your phone scrolling and getting places you probably shouldn't be, you can't tell me there isn't some duality there. Now, I'm not going out and rapping, writing rap songs and selling them to the world, um, but there, you can't deny that duality either. Right. Yeah. No, it's, can we afford to give others the grace that we ourselves have received? Yeah. You know, it, it becomes a perspective shift that way. And it's like, yeah, how do we, how do we approach everything and say, yeah, we're not going in and trying to be consumed by it, but it's a seeking to understand. And you put that in a ministry context. And, you know, like, yeah. So just certain artists, I think, each person could gravitate towards and, and just learn a lot from or just see, I don't know, like the way that I listen to music and, you know, because it, cause it's not removed from my life, you know. 
like it gets applied to my life in one way or another and it, it is coming with this you know spiritual background and trying to see everything that's behind it and that's where I find incredible value you know in making those connections and yeah having the opportunity to share that with others because sometimes you find people who are on the exact same wavelength yeah you know yeah I mean it's that's the thing about music is it it it's what's going it's putting taking your experience and helping you make sense mm-hmm. of it you know and that's a such a big thing that, that so many people can't right. get um right. you ever listen to so for a little while I was listening to like Christian rap I shouldn't say for a little while for I I, I started out kind of I wasn't big into rap at all, except for like Eminem. Which okay. every, every good white boy listens to Eminem <laughs> at some point, right? You go through that phase. Yeah. Um, so, but um, I'm not real big into rap, and then I started listening to some of the Christian rap. I'm mean, trying to get my kid, my students into it, and then you know slowly kind of morphed a little bit. But yep. uh, you're listening to any of that kind of stuff at all? I mean, Lecrae, okay, and NF, like you mentioned. But other than that, not really. Are you, you familiar know, with Flame at all? Uh, yeah, I've heard the name in probably a few songs, but not much beyond that. Okay. Yeah. I'm really, I'm digging it right now. Actually, sure. he just, he just graduated from, uh, Concordia Seminary in really? St. Louis pretty recently. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, okay. His last album was oh, all about Luther. yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think that, I saw that. This is not why I'm a fan of his, but that didn't, that didn't hurt. <laughs> I heard about that. No, I saw like a couple of internet articles, I think, and kind of scanned yeah, through them. Oh, it's was... Wilted Tulips, I think is what it's called. Or sure, something like that. sure. Oh, right. it's, it's good. I think I remember seeing it's that like on a, it's like a, it's uh what do you call it when it's not an album? It's uh, an EP. EP. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Sure. Yeah, it's an EP, and okay. it's all about like Lutheran theology, and it's killer. Uh, but he's been putting out a whole bunch of singles lately, like the last five years, all and right. every single one of his singles is just fired. Dude. Yeah, they're awesome. Oh, well, maybe I'll have to go. Yeah, and check that out. Yeah, I'm really, sure. really digging on sure. that right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I suppose like you know, not so much kind of that realm necessarily but again like some of the ones that i mentioned like a kendrick and cole and getting into those albums and seeing uh, their perspective you know on similar types of things like that's yeah i just really appreciate that um and like just uh audibly you know like from a listening perspective i like that background like i like the energy that it brings i like the soulfulness like that's a huge thing for me and so that gets all the way into like jazz and so i'll spend a lot of time digging into like jazz artists as well old ones and new ones like that's big and that was something that i listened to as like a young kid as well you know like kind of the smooth jazz you know it's like the, <laughs> the more calming stuff at night like right before i go to bed or that's what i'd fall asleep to and so I think, in a way, that got ingrained into my musical pattern as well, you know, whatever I'd listen to. So, yeah, trying to get all across the board. I think because I appreciate a range of experiences, I think that's why I like the job, the, you know, the ministry that I'm doing right now. It's range of experiences. I think all the people that come into my life and that I am interested in getting to know, it's because they have these wide range of experiences. And so I approach music, you know, that same way. Yeah. It's good. Well, as you said, it's bringing perspectives like yep. movies, bringing yeah. perspectives that you don't normally experience. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. It's fun. Very cool. It's fun. Very cool. So, uh, you are a single man, as am I. Yes. So, um, how does that like? <laughs> what's the story there, man? Yeah. What's up with this? No. <laughs> what's wrong with us, bro? Yeah. No, I have the same questions. No. Yeah. No. Uh, well, there's nothing wrong with us. Just. <laughs> 
taking her time finding the right yeah girl. yeah and honestly like i've stepped away for a while now like it's been several years even just being in a relationship and that's all right you know to kind of step away a little bit um you know because going through and having those experiences is all super valuable and like huge growth from there and i'm a very different person than i was say a couple years ago or five years ago or you know what have you um but taking this time you know to be yeah single and not necessarily that it's entirely intentionally you know i mean not <laughs> right. that i wouldn't be well, open like say the right girl walked in the yeah. room i wouldn't yeah. have a problem right right like there's yeah. no you know i'm not just like you know putting my digging my feet <laughs> into the ground and saying hey i've set apart this is amount of time no uh you know that's not the way it is but but it's good it's good to kind of be a little bit removed and because it's it's things that i think about and i look back to you know a lot of experiences in the past and say you know what what's the growth from there and and to note the changes and then to note the difference in like how i would even approach something like that like that whole realm of mm-hmm. relationships like it's just a different mentality it's a different mindset now and so i don't know and in a lot of ways i guess i do tread a little bit more carefully you know i i don't I definitely don't want to rush into anything, but willing to take some steps, willing to put myself out there, you know, especially in terms of just getting to know someone like, yeah, I crave that. Sure. You know, yeah, that'll be good. And yeah, Lord willing, something will come up. Yeah. What do you look for? Like, what are your, like... I mean, I, I not that I, I don't have a list, and I don't think it's sure. really probably healthy to have like a list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. there's the obvious list like loves Jesus, uh-huh. wants to have a family, right? Right. right. Um, but like beyond that, yeah, th- that like I, I I'm really a big on not necessarily having a list. But what are some of the things you okay. look for? Sure. Well, I mean, okay, so not to take the big ones like what you just said, but there's an aspect to it, you know, of. You, well, you I, I say not not dismissing those either. Like as no, you think a no. little bit, and, and um, not at all. But you know the because uh, I, I do think sometimes guys are like, well, she goes to church, you know, or like, uh, oh, she yeah, says yeah, she yeah, loves yeah. Jesus. It's like, right, well, but right. what does her spiritual life look like? And that definitely is a thing. No, exactly. And so I don't know. I hesitate to call it faithfulness, but I guess that's what comes to my mind. But it's more in this sense. It's like, you know, can we can we talk on a certain level, where? Yeah, we are digging into those things. And just through those conversations, you get an idea. And again, it's not like you're just looking for a checklist. It's not like there's a bar that you're expecting someone to jump over, you know, because you wouldn't necessarily want that thrown at you either. Um, you know, like that's that's too rudimentary. That's too, you know, yeah. to think of it something like that. But But it's something you'll recognize, I think. It's something that you would pick up just by yourself like it'll become known to you you're like oh that's actually really neat like i appreciate that about her uh just uh and it is hard to explain (laughs) yeah but you know but on some level yeah just in the in the way that you can talk about spiritual things or just the deeper things of life you know like that's huge um i mean i appreciate an interest in athletics in the sense of gives us a chance to do something together and also, you know, I mean, that's just a, an easy connection that way. Uh, it's cool, you know, even if as you're thinking down the road and in terms of family and everything, it's like, well, that'd be fun, right? To have something that we can, you know, kind of center around in terms of activities or hobbies or 
who knows what you know potential kids might be interested in maybe it's not sports at all <laughs> yeah that's okay too that's true but you know but it gives a chance it gives an avenue for that um how they treat others and by extension really like who their friends are mm, that's a huge thing i do for think me. that's huge that's a and huge that's something i picked up me. during college i was like you need to like their friends you know whomever you're dating it's like that's a big thing because it, it's just an indicator because people will spend time around and they're shaped by the ones that they spend time around, but they'll spend time around people that are kind of like-minded or, you know, maybe similarly experienced, you know, you just kind of, those are the people that you keep in your corner. And so if something feels off or if you're just not really able to connect and again, not like you're going to get super deep with everyone, you know, across the board, that's hard to do. But I think there's enough there that it would either signal some red flags <laughs> or it says, hey, yeah. that's a good thing. Well, it's a huge value statement. The people you choose to be with, the yep. things you choose to spend your time and energy on is a huge value statement. And yep. like those things aren't going to change over the next 50, 60 years. <laughs> right. You know, right. like uh, I, obviously some things can change. Um, but like yep. that mark, those are markers for the way life is going to go together. You know, yeah, those yeah. are big things for me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so what we got to ask everybody on on this show because okay. it is what it is, man. Um, two questions: If you could go back and talk to your eighteen year old self for like five minutes, what would you say? My favorite answer so far ever was yeah. one of them just said, "I'd punch him in the face." Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I yeah, don't quite right. feel that way about nah, my eighteen year old no, self. No, I don't know if I could bring myself to do that, even if it was me. <laughs> right. No, that is a that is a good question. It's a big question. Um, maybe it's maybe it's just uh, take a moment to slow down a little bit. Something when you're an eighteen year old kid, and that's hard, right? And in a lot of ways, you just don't do that because you're gung ho, because you want to get into everything, and so you just you you say yes, you know, like <laughs> you just kind of yeah. dive in. But you're not thinking, you know, you're not necessarily thinking ahead. Um, But I hesitate to say that because, like, we need to go through experiences, you know. And again, it's not condoning or excusing anything, but those experiences are going to shape you. Like, how do you learn? Of course, you got to get in. So I don't necessarily mean slow down in the sense of, oh, hey, stop yourself from doing certain things. But if you just, you know, sit back a little bit, think a little bit more have that perspective right to look a little bit more big picture because when you're young when you're 18 when you're starting college or in college so focused on the here and now you know just the present day and what's in front of you and yeah so maybe just benefit by a little little, taking a few steps back yeah for sure that's a good that's good i think so often like and this is I, I know this isn't a good out for that question, but so, a lot of times the answer to that question is, I don't think I would have listened, you know? And, and that's exactly why I like your answer so much, is that, like, you're not giving them some, like, big, you know, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's just like, hey, man, speech, you know? <laughs> like, let, just, essentially what you're saying is, let the Lord do his work, you know? Yeah. Just take a deep breath, yep. slow down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because, yeah, because what you think is, what you think is world-ending problem turns out to not not quite be that yeah it's not <laughs> such a big deal after all 
Good. Yep. All right. And what does it mean to be a man? What makes a Christian man? Man. So, this is. I mean, I've actually, in a very small way, been involved in this podcast before, and I, and I, I think I remember exactly, you know, what my approach was to this question the first time around, and I don't know that it's that much different, but maybe I could add a little bit to it. So I'm gonna try That's to right. do that. You, that was a men's conference. Right? It was, yeah. Oh, I forgot yep. about yep, that because I was there, so I've kind of had a first shot at these. Yeah. But I think my first well, welcome answer back. changed. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> It's good to be back. Um, and what I remember saying is that, yeah, what does it mean to be a man? It means that you're, you're someone who is into God's word, into it in the sense of, you know, not like, oh, this is, this is my thing. I mean, obviously, yeah, we want that to be the case. But you're into it as in you're spending time in it. Uh, you're digging into it. You're exploring it. Because how many passages in Scripture, how many books in Scripture just are like flyover states <laughs> you know you want to get oh look here we're in genesis and oh i've we've landed at the gospels because <laughs> that's where we like to spend all of our time and i'm like oh you're missing so much richness and depth and you know i personally like the poetic you know books and getting the psalms and proverbs ecclesiastes maybe even song of songs <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know but like oh there's so much habakkuk is one of my favorites um yeah, to be a man, right? If you're going to be a leader, right? Because if God has called you to be a leader, and that's in whatever vocation, you know, it doesn't mean it's not, you're not going to be a leader in the same way that the guy next to you is going to be a leader. But if God's called you to be a leader, and I believe he has, right? Then you got to get in the word, right? Because you got to have something to be based off of. You got to have something to ground yourself you got to have something that you're going to build on and you're going to actually use when you're actively leading someone. And you have to have that understanding in the times when you are the one who is being led. So that's what I would say, you know, most of all. You know, that's, yeah, what it means to be a man. And then outside of that, let's, let's be careful. <laughs> yeah. Let's be careful to put too many boundaries in. I mean, you know, because... Yeah, maybe what it looks like for me is not what it looks like for you. Yeah, I think you're actually, I think, again, you hit it spot on the head, man. Like that idea of um, being, a, I, not even just being a Christian man, but the Christian life is way less about rules than we like to make it. We like to yeah. make it about rules, which is really works righteousness <laughs> when you really dig into that. Oh, um, yeah. And it's way less yeah. about rules and it's way more about being yielded to the Spirit. Yeah. Will I follow where the Father leads? Right. Yeah. Right. No, so true. Yeah, because we kind of crave, whether we acknowledge it or not, we crave structure. Right? Yeah. We want some set of rules. We want to know if we're fitting in or we want to know if we're up to par. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes, you know, it digs at us because we realize, yeah. oh, we're not all that. Yeah. Well, and, and that's where the masculinity and femininity <laughs> come in, you know, and that's where yeah. when we lose, you know, gender, um, that's, that's a big it's a big deal to Christians um, because when you yeah. lose gender, essentially you're taking away a lot of what gives you purpose as a man of God um, is the unique gifts and roles and abilities that God has given to men yeah. and given to women. We're not the same. No. Um, and so following him, like when you are following him, 
he's going to ask you to do very different things based on what your skills and abilities are yeah. and what your you know your station in life and all those things and uh, if you if you're not going to be a man um, it's going to impact your ability to follow the way you want the way that we we would hope to right yeah and to see them and to recognize how it's complementary to recognize the beauty and the gifts that God has afforded you know in each case and right, but but you realize, and you're saying it right, how that is all based on scripture, right? And as soon as we, you know, stretch and take too many steps away, it enters our world, like it affects our world all the way down to that, all the way down to masculinity, all the way down to femininity, uh, you know, like it starts to unravel, and so that's why it does bring us back to that to that first point, um. You know, and to uphold what God says and to take what God says just at his word. And obviously that's a faith thing. That's, it comes down to that faith. Not that we're banking on our own faith, right? No, we're going to trust in Christ. Uh, That's the Christian life. Um, But it takes faith to come to those recognitions, right? To understand creation for all that it's worth. Because creation is huge. Uh, And it sets down and it's laid so clearly and it gives us the path you know it's a path to be a man a path to be a woman and not again not those you know where we become too restrictive because the human nature would love to just you know take that and squeeze it and then you know make everything uncomfortable more than you know what god has actually put forward in his word but we need each other and yeah we need guys to be guys so that yeah so that, yeah, they can be leaders so that they can interact with girls, you know, <laughs> in, in upstanding ways so that they can bring out the best in each other so that we can appreciate uh, how girls interact and view us as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And we got to get the plug in here. So, okay. one of the big things that makes Let's us men it. is our beards. Right? Ah, that's right. <laughs> yes. We are a couple of bearded As bros. We are. Um, and uh, before we go here, we got to give a big shout out to Nate Hensler, uh, the Burger Beard General himself. Um, he sent us some. Uh, he sent ah, us some. Yeah, some uh, <laughs> good, real good wow. beard oil here. So we got sandalwood. Um, this one is deep in the wood. This is the one I'm wearing right now. Actually. Okay. I've been wearing it all day. It smells great. And this one's Whiskey Barrel, which I'm a big whiskey fan, too. Um, so uh, thank you, first of all, for the beard oil. Um, and if you want, if you're looking for good, um, if you're looking for good beard oil, it's it's not as easy to find as you'd think, especially if you're going to, uh, if you're going to like Walgreens and looking around. Like, I, I love Walgreens, sure. um, but it's hard to find good quality products. Do you put anything in your beard? I mean, I used to, because actually it was, especially over certain winters, Right, I'll actually, yeah, grow it out much more and let it go. And yeah, when it gets to a certain point, then I do. But I'm still on the search for that. You know, like I've had one and uh, actually a good friend, AJ. I mean, AJ's kind of pointed me and given me some stuff that I have appreciated, but I've kind of gotten away from it a little bit. So. Well, why don't, why don't you give someone a try? There we go. Right, which one do you want to use? Deep in the woods, sandalwood, <laughs> or whiskey barrel? Should we do whiskey barrel? There you go. Yeah, go ahead. So just a little bit of a dollop, okay. dollop on your palm. Not too much. Yeah. Just go ahead just and rub it in. Bit. So rub it into your hands first, then rub it okay. into your beard. Okay. I'm going to do some more of this. I guess I just took, took a shower. I could use some more here. I feel like I'm on Q- Oh, that's way too much. I feel like <laughs> QVC or something. All right. All right. Yep. So and now just kind of... Rub it in your beard. Get it all over the place. 
Oh, it smells nice. It smells great. Yes, for one. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I like to, a lot of times I'll use like a like a paste or a balm or something instead. But uh, yeah. Um, now, dude, this stuff is really good, and I'm really thankful for it. So if you want to go ahead and um, support the guys that support us on the podcast, um, go ahead and find Brigadier General. He's got a store on Facebook right now. Um, and otherwise, he's just got a lot of good stuff going on. He's a good man of God. He's a, he's a Wells teacher, graduated from MLC. Um, just a general, a good dude um, who's committed to um, being a man after God's own heart. Um, and so thank you for sending that to us. Um, and if you're looking for good beard oil, man, that's the place to get it, Brigger Beard General. <laughs> thanks, Nate. And uh, thank you, JD, for being on the show, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, Appreciate it, dude. Love having fun. conversations with you. Love seeing you around. Love seeing you do your thing in Likewise. ministry as well. So Yeah. All right. Oh, God's blessings, brother. Thanks thank for being you. on. Thank you. Dope. What do you think, Woo. man? Water. Yep. Water. Yeah, at least it's water. Oh, that's good. That's fun. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.